Amen. So good to see you this morning. And, and this morning, I want to continue talking about we overcome. Amen. We overcome. Say, I am an overcomer. See, if you're a part of this church and this is your church family or you'd want to become part of this church family, be here tonight so you can hear more about where we're going as a church. Love to have you. But our DNA and what we're about is is about making winners in life. Our heart is for you to overcome, overcome in your finances, overcome in your marriage, overcome in your in your physical body, overcome in every area of your life. What we're about as a church and, and what the Dr. Dell and Miss Carolyn's, their ministry has been about for 50 years is, is don't quit. Making winners in life. You know, if, if, as long as you're still breathing, as long as you're still alive, hey, you still win. You know what? And even after you die, you still win, right? We still win because we know where we're going, right? But I want you to know that you are an overcomer. You are, say it again, I'm an overcomer. Say it again, I'm an overcomer. That needs to get on the inside of your heart that you are an overcomer. Amen. God's on the inside of you. You you have the finisher on the inside of you. He is the author and the finisher of our faith, right? Hallelujah. Man, you are an overcomer. And we've been this our scripture out of this was based out of Revelation chapter 12, and it says, And they overcame him, the accuser of the brethren. Right? And they overcame him. By the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, right? Amen. They overcame by the blood of the lamb. And we've been dealing with this. And, you know, so, so the whole aspect of making winners in life comes from the standpoint of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Why do we overcome by the blood of the lamb? Because the blood of the lamb is what gave us access into this covenant. You know, Rick was talking about Joseph just a minute ago. And, and understanding Joseph understood covenant. You know, I, as I was uh, getting ready this morning and preparing, there's this f- phrase that kept coming up on the inside of my heart. And, and it's this phrase, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. For one, that's something that needs to come out of your mouth. But it's also something that you need to receive the way God thinks about you. Say, I'm not done yet. Because he's not done yet. You see, so, so Joseph had to have this aspect and, and, and he understood this covenant that I have a covenant with God. And my God is going to see this dream come to pass. My God is going to bring about the completion of my dream. He's not done with you. He, he's not done yet. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. In Ephesians 2, it says, you used to not be a people, right? We've been dealing with this week after week. But, but, but now, but now, you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You have been brought near, near to what? Near to this covenant. A partaker to this covenant. That you have access to this covenant. At one time, you and I had no access to this covenant. And we had no hope. And we were without God in the world. But now, but now, but now. But now, because of the blood of Jesus, I was brought into this covenant that gave me access to life, that gave me access to healing, gave me access to wholeness, gave me access to victory, right? Hallelujah. What Jesus did at the cross gave me victory in this life. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Go to Romans chapter eight. 
And I, I started on this, really this part of the message in this series like three or four weeks ago. But So we'll just see how far, far we get in, here in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and let's start in verse 30. Romans chapter 8, verse 30. It says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, the word predestinate means declared beforehand, them he also called. Who are they called? He invited them to participate in something. And whom he invited to participate in something, he made them righteous. And those he made righteous, he exalted to a heavenly position. We dealt with this last week, okay? It said, those he predestinate, those he decreed beforehand, he called them. He invited you, right? He invited you into something. And when he invited you into something, he made you righteous. And those he made righteous, he glorified. Meaning he exalted you to a heavenly position. So, so why did he do that? Let's, let's keep reading. What shall we say to these things? Say to what things? That you've been exalted to this, this position in God, right? What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? See, if God, if God took the steps to invite me into this journey, he made me righteous, meaning he seated me with him. He exalted me to a heavenly position. What, what, what does this mean? What does this mean? If God be for me, who can be against me? That's what this means. If God be for you, who or what could be against you? See, the enemy will bring all sorts of things against you. He's the accuser of the brethren, right? And we overcome him by the blood of the lamb, right? And the blood of the lamb brought me into this covenant relationship. It invited me into this covenant relationship. It, it made me righteous and it caused me to be seated with him. And if God be for me, who or what can be against me? I'm telling you, God is on your side. You know, David was a covenant man. He understood covenant. That's why David could say, say, he could say, I will trust in the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. He, he said, the Lord, Psalms 118, 6, the Lord is on my side. And he said, the Lord takes my part. What shall man do unto me? He understood covenant. That's why David, when he was standing before a giant, standing before Goliath, he could say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Why? Because David understood this covenant. If God be for you, who can be against you? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things. I mean, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to last week's. Because I unpacked these things. And, and for you to understand, if he, would, if he would give up his very best, if he would give up everything that heaven, his whole kingdom was based on, why wouldn't he freely give you all things? Verse 33. Let's get into this this morning. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Picking up on this this morning. Who shall lay anything to God's elect? The word lay, who shall lay anything? Lay anything there means to accuse. 
bring accusation against? Who, who should bring any accusation to the charge of God's elect? To those he's invited. Who, who shall bring anything? And it says, it says, it is God that justifieth. See, some people have the idea that God's the one that condemns you. Who, who is bringing accusation against you? It's God that justifies. God's not, not a schizophrenic. God's not, God doesn't have a split personality. Who, who brings, lays anything to the charge of Joseph, that, to his elect? This Joseph. It's God that justifies. God's not the one accusing you of something today. Now, the Holy Spirit may convict you of some things. But he's not, he, he, he's not accusing you of something. God's the one that ju- came to justify you. He's the one that came to make you righteous. Let's look at the next verse. It says, who is he that condemneth? I Meaning, who is pronouncing judgment on you? Who's pronouncing judgment on you? It says, it is Christ that died, yea, rather, that's risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for you. Now, now think about this. God's not the one condemning you. God's not the one pronouncing judgment on you today. Because God God, doesn't have a split personality. He's not the one putting judgment on you. It's, just, it's Christ, rather, that, that died for you and he's interceding for you. He's, he's interceding for you. He's not condemning you. He, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you right now. He's interceding for you right now. He's not here pronouncing judgment on you. He's not laying anything to your charge. He's the one that justifies you. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Let me read it again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? God isn't accusing you this morning. He's not pronouncing judgment on you this morning. He pronounced judgment on Jesus. Jesus isn't condemning you this morning. He's interceding for you. And and what is it? What is he? Why is he interceding for you? Because he's not done with you. See, he, he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Some things. See, the enemy wants to separate you from God's heart for you. Who shall separate you from the love of Christ? See, when we think about covenant, remember, remember covenant. When God views covenant, you are always in the forefront of his thinking. You are on his mind this morning. You're always on his mind. Why? Because his covenant. His covenant. This grace. This grace, you were, you were on his mind this morning. He's con- he, you, you were constantly on his mind. But yet, but yet in ourselves, the enemy will try to accuse us of this or, or, or uh, pronounce judgment of this and, and, and make you feel like, like I've, I've missed God. I, I've failed. I've made too many mistakes. Uh, 
You know, and, and the thing is, is if something is trying to separate you from God's love for you, who shall separate you from the love of Christ? And it tells us all these things show tribulation, show, show distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril or sword. So we can when we go through difficult challenges and we go can go through things that Joseph faced or things Joseph went through. We can feel like God's a million miles away. We can feel like, where is God? How come I don't hear his voice? How come I feel so alone? How come they hate me? These people do this. And how come I keep making the same bad choices? Or how come all these different things happen? And ultimately, the enemy is out for you to feel like he doesn't love me. You see, when he made a covenant through Jesus, and Jesus was the mediator of a better covenant, established upon better promises... The only thing you can do is reject it. You can never outrun it. You can never escape it. You have to understand something about the nature of God. God isn't like you and me. He's not a man that he should lie. Let's look at the nature of God for a moment. Let's look at Psalms 139. Psalms 139. I'm going to read a few scriptures here. But I want you to hear that and view this in, 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 in the heart of thinking about covenant, that you're on the forefront of this thinking. And think about it as who can separate you from the love of Christ. Now, let's look at the nature of God here, because David says here, remember, David, he had a covenant. He understood that covenant. Verse one says, oh, Lord, Jehovah, which is a covenant name. You have searched me thoroughly and have known me. You know my downsitting and my uprising. You understand my thought afar off. You sift and search out my path and my lying down, and you're acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue still unuttered, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Man, hear the heart of your father this morning. Hear the heart of your heavenly father this morning. Now think it. Oh, Lord, you search me. Verse one and have known me. You know, my downsitting and my uprising. You understand my thought afar off. You sift and search out my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways for there's not a word in my tongue. But behold, oh, Lord, you know it all together. You have beset me in and shut me up behind and before. And you have laid your hand upon me. Does that sound like a God that's trying to out to get you? David understood his, 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 his mistake. David understood his failures, but yet he also understood his covenant. I get this. Verse six, your infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high above me. I cannot reach it. Verse seven, where could I go from your spirit or where could I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into hell, you're there. In heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning or dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall behold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the night shall be the only light about me. Yea, the darkness hides not from you, but the night shines as the day and the darkness and the light are both alike to you. What, what does this mean? Think about that. Think about this. Where could I go from your spirit? Remember, God doesn't have love. He is love. Yes. 
Now, now, now think about that. Where could I go from your love? Or where could I flee from love's presence? If I send it to heaven, love's there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, love's there. If I take the wings of the morning or behold the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, sh- even there shall love lead me. Now think about that. See, he goes, where could I go from your spirit? Where could I go from your presence? See, when you understand covenant, you can, you can understand now the, how nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. What is David saying here? Whether I go to heaven or whether I go to hell, your love is still going to lead me and guide me. Whether I make a mistake or don't make, your love is still there leading me and drawing me into your presence, drawing me into your life. Uh, and I love verse 11. It says, he, he, verse 10 says, even there shall your hand lead me. Your right hand shall hold me. If I sh- say, surely the darkness shall cover me. And the night shall be light about me. Then verse 12, yea, the darkness hides not from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Meaning there's no darkness in God. There's, there's no hatred in God. As it pertains to your, your, your as, as you towards his creation, towards his mankind that he sent Jesus for. Darkness and night, it doesn't matter. His, his love is there. Verse 13, for you have possessed my reins. You have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all thy members were written, which is continuance countenance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they're more in number than the sand. Man. What? Who can separate you from the love of Christ? Word separate, a better way to look at the word separate is disconnect. Who can disconnect me from the love of Christ? The answer is nothing. Who can separate me from the love of Christ? Who can separate me from the love of Christ? Nothing. See, the nature of our Heavenly Father, the nature is you are in the forefront of His thinking. And you cannot outrun Him. You cannot outhide Him. He's running after you today. He'll run after you tomorrow. And you will always be on His mind. Who shall separate us? Who shall disconnect us from the love of Christ? Now, the word love. There's too many different ways we can define this word love. In, in, in our vernacular and the way we see things. I mean, we, we, I don't think we really grasp the love of God. In the way that we should because we see everything through our nat- a natural way of love. And when I, and I think about this love and one of the greatest ways, one other way you can, besides just agape and another way you can define agape love is, is benevolent. 
benevolent. What, what, what is so, why, why, I, I, the word benevolent, I never really understood the word benevolent. I just thought is I'm just, I'm helping someone. I'm, I'm giving something. But when I, when I connected this to the love of God, this, that he is a benevolent God, this, this, the nature of love is a love that gives, right? If a love doesn't, if, if love, in for, for love to be love, there has to be giving associated with it. And that giving is really comes from this word benevolent. Say benevolent. benevolent. Now, this word benevolent, I want you to see this this morning about, uh, about nothing can disconnect us from the love of God. If someone is benevolent, their disposition, their disposition is to show good. So we, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate us from this God that is benevolent. See, God's nature, his, he has this disposition to show good. It's a disposition to show good. And, and see, so often we, we can get in this mindset that, that God's out to get me or, or I messed up or I failed and, and, and this is happening and that's happening. All these different things. But coming back to this thing is nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So when we talk about covenant, you have to understand that he has a disposition towards you and me to show good. This dis- disposition. Meaning his, his characteristic, the, he, he takes the position to show good. He wants to show good to you today. He wants to show good to you tomorrow. That is part of his covenant that you are his people. You are on his mind and he wants to show goodness towards you. His goodness towards you. What or who could separate us from the love of Christ? Persecution. Famine, nakedness, peril or sword. What, what's he saying here? He goes, when things are coming against me, when I'm in these dark times, when I'm in these dis- difficult circumstances, when I'm facing all these challenges in life, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Nothing. That even though I might be experiencing persecution right now, His good, I know his goodness. Even though I might be experiencing difficult times right now, I know his goodness towards me. Let's go to Psalms 20, uh, Psalms 27. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse 10 in the Amplified, it says, Although my father and my mother have forsaken me, yet the Lord will take me up. You know, what David, David was saying, Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Persecution, famine and nakedness or peril or sword? What's going to separate me from the love of Christ? Bottom line is he really wants to communicate nothing. No matter what I'm facing, God is still looking towards me with favor. Where I don't know where you might be at this morning, but I want to know his disposition today and tomorrow will be to show good. Yes. And here, David is saying, although my father and my mother have forsaken me, 
yet the Lord will take me up. Adopt me as his child. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain and an even path because of mine enemies, those who lie in wait for me. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen up against me. They breathe out cruelty and violence. What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? What would have happened to me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? So when Paul writes, who shall separate me from the love of Christ? He understands his covenant. I'm going to see God's goodness in my life. And we're going to see God's goodness through my life. What would have become of me had I not believed that I'd see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? Wait and hope for and expect the Lord. And be brave and of good courage. And let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. You see, what we have to come to is having faith. In the covenant that God established through Jesus. Having faith in the covenant. What was David saying there? I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in my life. See, that's what we have to get to. You have to have faith in the covenant, not faith in your ability, not faith in what you can do, not faith in how good you can be, but it's having faith in the covenant, having faith in what Jesus did. Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Nothing, nothing. I can't get beyond this this morning. I've got, I've got more things I could talk about, but, but I just feel strong in my heart right now just, just to keep talking about this aspect of we need to believe the word of God. We need to believe that the word of God is final authority in our lives. You need to believe that when Jesus said, he, God said, I love the world so much that I sent my only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Understand that when I believe that, it brought me into this covenant. And because it brought me into this covenant, I have to understand he's not done with me yet. And I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. David is saying, though my mother and my father forsake me. I think, though my mother and my father forsake me. So we can feel like people have forsaken us. Situations have done things to us. But I'm telling you, but the thing is, what did David hold on to? I'm going to see. I believe to see. I believe to see. I believe to see. I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I'm going to see his goodness in my life. It doesn't matter if I'm, if I'm experiencing persecution right now. It doesn't matter if it looks like it's falling apart. It doesn't matter if I have a symptom on my body. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. I'm telling you, God's love for me is greater than my love for him will ever be. See, we have to come to this where we believe. In the glory of God. We believe in the goodness of God. And we're so convinced of his love for us. And if you just knew how much he loved you this morning. If you knew how much he cared for you this morning. I'm telling you he's not done with you yet. He's not done with your finances yet. He's not done with you in your purpose yet. He's not done with you in your calling yet. Hallelujah. 
He's not done with you yet. Don't let, don't let circumstances be setbacks in your life. The enemy wants you to quit, give up, throw in the towel. But I'm telling you, with God, all things are possible to him that believes. To believe, to see the goodness. See his goodness in the land of the living. I'm telling you, I've, I've experienced challenges in my life. But I'm telling you, I've had to always go back. Lord, I believe in you. And I believe that you, I believe in your love that you have for me. That is far greater than the circumstances that I'm currently facing. He's not done with you. He's not done with you. Hold, Hold your hands out like this. Thank you, Father. He's not done with those hands. I'm telling you, those hands, those hands are, are, are meant to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Those hands are meant to, meant, meant to reach out to hurting people. Those hands are, 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 are meant to, to, to minister to your family, to minister to your family. He's not done with you yet. See, the enemy wants us to get so internal focused about where we are. So internal focused about our problems, so internal focused about, about what might not be working or what's not happening or where, where we think we should be instead of realizing, hey, man, God is going to come through for me. God's going to, he's not done with you. He's not done with those hands. He's not done with your purpose. He's not done with you today. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. God's not condemning you today. God's not laying accusations against you today. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Nothing can separate you from the love that is in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amplified says in Romans 8, Who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? Who shall ever separate us from Christ's love? So suffering or affliction or tribulation or calamity and distress, persecution or hunger or destitution or peril or sword. Even as it is written, for thy sake, we are put to death all the day long. We are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, one thing you have to understand. This is not the way God saw them. We are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. Meaning, what people are saying, what the enemy might be saying. That, that was Paul, I mean, Paul was writing from uh, Psalms chapter 44, verse 22. Because in themselves, at that time, they didn't, have a, they didn't have a new covenant revelation like you and I have. So they made that statement, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But yet, as David continues to write, he says, yet, but I will trust in your mercy and your steadfast love. Meaning this is the way everyone else is viewing us. Everyone else is looking at us as sheep for the slaughter. Everyone else is looking at me, Vic, as it's the end. Everyone else is looking at me that my life is over, that my life is useless, that my, that my calling is no more. The anointing on my life is no more. All everyone, they've accounted me as sheep for the slaughter. See, that's not God. God wasn't accounting them as sheep of the slaughter. 
That's what either they saw themselves or other people saw them. But I want to tell you, God's not done with you. God's not done with you yet. God's not done with your purpose. Some of you, you have some great riches on the inside of you. You have some great wisdom on the inside of you. You have great, you have great anointings, great giftings that I'm telling you that this world needs to see. I'm telling you, you have great things. There's some witty inventions on the inside of you. There's, there is, there's wisdom. There's revelation. There's things that this next generation needs to hear. There's ways that God has given you to teach and instruct and mentor the next generation. But I'm telling you, you are not going down, but you're going over. And I'm telling you, don't allow the enemy to put you in a, in a, in a mold. But allow covenant, allow covenant terminology, a revelation of what Jesus has done for you to pull you up on a higher plane, to lift you up on a higher plane to where you can see like you've never seen before. I just keep hearing that in my, in my spirit, come up to my way of seeing things. I keep hearing that in my spirit, come up to a higher way of seeing things this morning, come up to God's way of seeing things this morning because he's not done with you. He's not done with you. See, Joseph could have had that mindset of, well, I guess I'll just stay here in prison. Count it as sheep for the slaughter. Guess I'm done. But God, if I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Everyone stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that you're not done with us. You're not done with us. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You are not done with us. Thank you, Father. Greater, greater, greater. We come up to your way of seeing things today, Father. We come up to God's way of seeing things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, we come up to your way of seeing things, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. God is on your side. God is on our side. Thank you, Father. You're so faithful, Father. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. You say, Pastor Justin, you just look at me. You say, Pastor Justin, but <laughs> wait a minute. so obedient. Uh, if you're here this morning and, and you say, I know I have a greater purpose than what, what I'm doing right now. I know of a greater purpose than, than the direction I have been going. I know I, I have something more on the inside of me than, than, I, than, than that, that I've seen so this, this far. If that's you in any way, just lift your hands. Thank you, Father. I want to encourage you, God's not, God's not your hindrance. When we talk about overcoming, I think of, you can put your hands down. I think about overcoming, I was thinking of kind of like a, a race, like a hurdle. 
And it's kind of like, you know, if, if we watch the American Ninja Warriors and they're doing all those different things, they have the obstacles to get from one side to the other. And I sense that there's a lot of people here that, that you've kind of, you've kind of hit that wall. And it's like, I, I, I know that I'm, a, and you just sense in your heart that you're about to break over to the other side of something. But first, I want you to know it's not in your own ability that you do that. But I want you to know it's when you come to a place that I believe that nothing separate is going to set me, separate me from the love of Christ. You see, God wants you on the other side of that obstacle just as much as you want on the other side of that obstacle. And there's, there's some things here that, that the, the, the decision we make is a decision of belief. It's a, faith is a choice. And I believe if we make that choice, it's not just saying, okay, I believe that God, there's other things on the other, other side of this obstacle. But also when we make that, that decision of faith, sometimes it also requires your faith without works is dead. There's also personal adjustments that we need to make in our life. And so I believe, we're going to pray in just a moment. I believe when you leave here today, there, there's a shift on the inside of your heart. And the Holy Spirit is going to quicken you. And the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you. And, 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 it, and you're going to step, things that have been obstacles for years. Or all of a sudden, you're going to, you're going to, it's going to be ease. There's going to be ease. As it pertained to being in the word, being at church, being connected, witnessing to other people. It's all of a sudden you're going to step into this area of ease. Because the enemy has been accusing you. The enemy has been laying accusations against you. I'm telling you, because I just sense this this belief that, that God's not done with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just pray this after me. Father God, I thank you. For the purpose that you have for my life. I thank you, Father, that you're not done with me. My greatest days are ahead of me. And nothing, nothing will separate me from your love. I receive your love today by faith. I receive your love for me by faith. That revelation is changing me. From the inside out. I will never be the same again. I'm going forward. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to overtake. And I'm going to recover all. I'm going to fulfill. The destiny. And the purpose. That God has for my life. It doesn't matter. What may come against me. I hold on to you. I look to you. I believe in you. Because I have a covenant in you. And I win. And I overcome. In the name of Jesus. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.